But anyway, yes. So that brings me here because I still haven't eaten yet because podcasting is more important. Aw. Aw. With dedication. You guys are so important to me that I haven't eaten yet. So you took the time to go get the food and now you're not doing anything with it. Because it's going to take me an hour to eat it. (laughs) What? What what do you do? You are an old man. Taking an hour to eat? (laughs) No, I just... Uh. (laughs) You know what I did? You know what I did five minutes ago? I was like, I'm hungry. I got some bread and Nutella and I made a sandwich. And that was was my dinner. A a Nutella sandwich? Yeah. (laughs) Well, you think that's funny? I I may be an old person, but you are now officially five, so... Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Cut the crusts off. (laughs) No, I like the crusts. Welcome to We Should Know Better, the podcast where we hitchhike through Wikipedia. I am Sky. I'm Kyle. And I'm Tim. And what we do here is I'm going to give these guys uh, a page, a Wikipedia page to start at and a Wikipedia page to get to. And they're going to have to get to that second page just by clicking the links within the article. The see also sections do not count. The external ah. links do not count. You can't you can't pick countries because countries are too big and easy. Big and easy. Yep, not going to go there. Like you, New Orleans. Ex- but, which is not a country. But it's not a country. Okay. But New Orleans is the big easy. New Orleans is fine, it, but it... It is. My cat is screaming at me. I was going to say, are you okay, are you okay Sky? You no. See, you seem to be having issues. Are you all right? It's nice weird. Do you need another? attacking yeah. the broadcast? Do you need another Nutella sandwich? Possibly. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> I almost put jam on it too, but I decided it was too much work. Really? <laughs> well, I had already started on the Nutella. And so I had my knife was dirty. And if I had started with the jam, I could have just washed off the knife and then easily applied Nutella. But the Nutella doesn't come off that easy. And I didn't want to use two knives. No, you shouldn't have to use two knives. I'm too efficient. So you just had a moment of depression. Uh, that's what it, that, <laughs> before, before I, filling the void. Welcome to a window of my, of my world. That's this is my every night. Uh, I no longer feel bad about my food choice. <laughs> Life is horrible. <laughs> All right. So tonight, you guys, I'm having. I had such a hard time. I've been. I've been listening to this. I've been listening to this. Um, this audiobook that I've been driving around uh, called This Summer by Bill Bryson. It's all about the summer of 1927 when a bunch of stuff happened. Oh, you told me about this. Yeah. Yeah. Charles Lindbergh was in there a lot, which really is kind of a bummer since we just talked about him the other day. And I was like, oh, yeah, because he barnstormed and hit a, hit a hardware store. And there's like so much more to it. Mm. And he's just a really interesting, like, he just hated the fame he got and all this stuff. But anyway, that's besides the point. I'm sure um, we'll be back to him before too long. I'm, so, I, I mean, I guarantee that's a page we'll come back to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what I went with instead was what um, Henry Ford was up to. Oh. Uh, he actually created Fordlandia, or at least tried to. Wait, what? Um, yeah, he, he, he tried to set up Fortlandia. It's, are, it, wait, are you that's, saying that's Ford the start page? Fordlandia, like, yeah. F O R D. Yeah, it's F O R D. Okay. L 
A with like an accent mark on it. What? Yep. With like a so, little carrot on it. So for oh, Lon- N-D-I-A. And that's the sp- page. If you just put in Fortland- Landa, Fortlandia, like it'll bring up like an album or something. But then it'll say, did you mean like Henry Ford's Fortlandia? And that's yeah, what that's you want to click I'm on. Right now. <laughs> so you guys don't know what this is, but that's the fine because you're starting well, there. The- a little disambiguation says for Henry Ford's failed industrial town. I, there you go. That, that gives me a pretty strong indication of what it is. So that's going to be your starting page. Is it a failed industrial town, Scott? It is. It is. And then you're going to go to Portlandia. Oh. Because, oh, yeah. I see, I see what you did there. I was going to have you guys go to Mount Rushmore because that was also happening at the same time and it, and it had a lot of interesting junk to it, but wow, it, really? it was really hard to get there for some reason. I don't know why Wikipedia is weird and just has narrow roots to some of the things you'd think it would have. So so gaping. what you're saying is it's easier to get from Fordlandia to Portlandia than it is to get to Mount Rushmore. That's what I'm saying. It's going to happen in the same year. Yes, that's, that's what amazing. I'm saying. And that's, that's why we play this game. Yeah, I thought it would be really easy, but uh, it apparently is not. Well, they don't just have years in here. Like, you can't just be like 1920. Yeah, but I'm like even like trying to connect different people and stuff. And I'm like, this isn't working. But for another thing that happened this year, check out this mountain. But yeah. So do you guys know what Portlandia is? <laughs> yes, I do. I've never seen it. It's a te- television. Oh, you've never seen it? I've never really? watched it. It's pretty good. I've heard it's, good things. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Ish. I mean, it's like, like it's like SNL that makes fun of hipsters. Yeah, I was going to say you have to be prepared to be like, like to get the joke, but then also to be like, no one does that. That's not a is that a thing? No one does that. That's uh, not a real thing. Yeah, but in you have to rest assured that somewhere in Portland, someone does that thing. Yeah, do some know. someone puts a bird on it. it. Oh yes, it's yeah the guy the guy Fred Armisen. Fred Armisen yep. is originally from Saturday Night Live, so it's yeah. sort of like a like a Saturday. It's sort of like a sketch show about Portland. Yeah, kind of. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I mean, so the episodes aren't like it's not like a of, sitcom. It's not like no. To it's like anything. it's like it's five. Like sketches. It's okay. like five to ten minute sketches, but they're like the, well done, like multiple camera angles. Kind of, and then they kind of weave together throughout the show too. Like they do throwbacks to earlier sketches as other characters oh, yes. sometimes. Yeah. Who's the? It's it's Fred Armisen. And it, it's like Carrie. I don't remember Underwood. No, not we'll Carrie. figure it out when we yeah, get there. We'll get I there. guess. I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess it'll be on that page. No, it's fine. Um, so every episode we have to do a some sort of game t- to figure out who goes first. Mm-hmm. We've done this every episode. It's episode 21. Um, what? Wow. Well, really? Yeah, this is the 21st episode. Our podcast, Our podcast can drink. drink. Yeah, we can dude. drink yeah. and vote. Wait, we could. But we could have voted. We could have voted yeah, months ago. But election. being, you know, a teenager, we don't really care. Don't follow politics. Sure. It's and probably it, better that we don't vote. And yeah. Every, every successful episode, we continue to lean Republican. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, well, in, in any case, yeah, 21 yeah. episodes, have it every time. Cheers. I'm just remembering that I needed to come up with some, <laughs> some up, come up with something you s- uh, for you guys I was really, to do. <laughs> I was really expecting a, like a... <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's like magic, dude. Oh, let's see. What do I got here? Well, like a, like a typical 21-year-old. Jeez. 
21 uh, episode year old. Oh man. How responsible. No, exactly. <laughs> um, what should I do here? I'm so sad right now. Who should go first? Tim or <laughs> <laughs> oh, <my gosh. laughs> So tonight, uh, tonight we're working without Sky, and he's going to be, um, he'll be back next week. Uh, but for, oh, dang it. Tim goes first. Oh, oh no. You heard the lady. <laughs> what? I asked hey. Candace, and she said oh. that Tim, Tim should go first. Oh, that's Candace. a good game. Yeah. Candace, how, how dare you? All right. I'm, I'm really sorry to... about that, guys. Like, I legitimately did not think about it. I'm so preoccupied I... with trying to figure out uh, how to make this work. You were you were so, so preoccupied with trying to remember that you were hosting this week. Yep. I haven't done it in a while. People steal, <laughs> steal the deal from me. <laughs> all right. So we are at Fortlandia. Fortlandia. Yeah. It's all you. You want me to talk about Fordlandia? No, it's you get to go first because Candace. We haven't decided. even talked about Fordlandia yet, though. Oh right, I guess we could do that too. Yeah. So, Ford was all about. Tell us about Fordlandia, Sky. Ford was all about owning every part of the production process for his cars because he was afraid that um, relying on uh, other companies would screw him. You know, mm-hmm. if he could, if he controlled. He controlled the resources that built his cars. He could basically make a lot of money without having to try hard. Sure. (laughs) So one of the deals was rubber, um, which at the time was, you know, completely organic and made from rubber trees. Mm -hmm. Uh, So one of the things he did was he decided he would go, he would start uh, an American town in Brazil. As you do. In the Amazon rainforest. And they would make, you know, they would make plantations and rubber trees and send it up to good old USA. And that's where we get all this rubber from. I do not remember this uh, sequel to an American tale. This is not (laughs) how I remember it. Ford decides that he's going to buy a part of Brazil and basically. Yes, you do. (laughs) Yep. And when when you're an entrepreneur in America, you want to own another part of another country. Why not? Yes. Hey, 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 Brazil, how much for part of you? Yeah. Yeah. Just so a little bit. He basically you know. just hired someone to go down there and uh, set up a plantation. Wouldn't there be like people there? It was awful. There, was, there <laughs> were people. They got rid of the people. Um, they got rid of the people. Ooh. Uh, nobody liked them down there. And they yeah. basically made this little... They, Everything was designed from an American standpoint, like point of view, because that was, you know, that's the best viewpoint. Sure. Especially a Michigan point of view. (laughs) So they they designed and fabricated like houses, almost like those like Sears bought houses. Oh, man. And sent them down there, you know, with, you know, insulated roofs, um, you know, to stand the Michigan winters. Mm. Uh, the buildings were sweltering. Um, they set up the time zone was actually in Michigan time, so it wasn't like the rest of Brazil. What? It followed American laws, um, and it was still following. Uh, uh, it, was, it was it was a temperate place. Well, it wasn't temperate weather wise, but it was there was, in, there was no alcohol. Right, it was dry. Uh, yeah, that's American. It was dry. Well, it was. <laughs> it was earlier at the time. Yeah, yeah prohibition actually, was no, a complete was prohibition? failure. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, okay. 
Um, but Ford was really into it because I was yeah. going to say he was a big fan of that. I thought, hey, Brazilians, <laughs> we have this really cool thing in America. It's called Prohibition. Good luck. It's where we don't drink alcohol. You're going to love yep. it. No women <laughs> were allowed within the town. What? Um, yep. That's going to go over well. And uh, it says in the Wikipedia article that uh, the inhabitants circumvented this prohibition by paddling out to merchant riverboats uh, moored beyond uh, town jurisdiction. So they just I'm went. I'm just getting to that, yeah. Yeah. So they just went out there and hung out there. Well, it says that and a settlement was established eight kilometers upstream on the, quote, island of innocence, unquote, with bars, nightclubs, and brothels. I, I really like that. I mean at least they had a sense of irony about it. Like they were going to be like, yeah, we're going to head up to the Island of Innocence tonight. Yeah. Uh, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's all about, it's all about branding. Ah, yes. Like in Pinocchio, it's called pleasure Island. Uh huh. It's not uh-huh. called turn into a damn donkey Island. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, and the funny thing is they kind of learned that from Ford. He did understand. <laughs> he taught them our greatest lesson as Americans. Um, yes. <laughs> so this was an absolute failure. The, they, really? They didn't. The, all the cement they'd bring down would gather moisture and just turn hard as a rock, like in the storage sheds. Nice. Uh, all the tools rusted. <laughs> like they just, it was awful. They sent, they sent down things like an ice making machine. And Cute. obviously that's not going to work down there. Um, but the worst thing is that you can't grow rubber trees in plantations because rubber trees grow out like by themselves. And when you put them all together, they're very vulnerable to pests. Well, yeah, they bounce off each other all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Funny rubber trees. You're just just picturing like a coconut tree with with tires as coconuts, don't you? Yes. Uh, (laughs) You guys. So so basically Ford just created like an American heart of darkness. Yes, essentially he did. <laughs> and he never went down there. Well, <laughs> you- nope, he never visited. Wow. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't either. It sounds terrible. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it was really bad. So But it has it has uh led to lots of depictions of it, which I'm not surprised at all that American writers slash authors slash singers slash everything else think that this obvious you know american excess would be a great place to mine some content from (laughs) and i am actually going to mine one of these uh, (laughs) to go on to my next uh, link oh no what are you picking well the sixth installment of the franco-belgian comic series marsupilami by jan and batum published in 1991 is titled fordlandia and takes place there oh because you know whimsical fun yeah, in a, in a doomed, um, sweltering jungle hell. Wow, sounds good. And I also I remember Marsupilami. It was a uh, became a show on Saturday mornings. Oh, really? What? I yep. don't remember that. Oh, I think you might. Uh, well, well, like, like if you, I, if you, if you, if you see I think the character, I know what I do if you see the remember. character, I think you. Oh know. my gosh! Yes, I had no idea. All yeah, right, let me let me click oh, this. Okay. I'll be moving on to that. It's not called Marsupilami, the oh, TV show. That thing. The show was called Marsupilami too. Oh, was it? Yes, it was. Wait, that characters from nineteen. But he was a, he was a policeman. No. no, no, you're thinking of Bonkers. Yeah, yeah. How do I know this stuff so quickly? Oh gosh. <laughs> Wait, so uh, this thing is from nineteen fifty two. 
It was on TV. Well, it was originally. Well, I'll get into that. Oh, my gosh. Where okay, are you going to well, go, Kyle? Where am I going to go? Well, dang it. I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of weird things on this page. I do really love the fact we didn't mention it earlier, but um, I do really love the fact that um, by 1945, synthetic rubber had been developed. So this so all of this demand just evaporated overnight. And uh, oh, it's amazing. So the, I, I like to, to, to think about living at a time in a place where, you know, people can put so much stock in a thing where, you know, oh, we have to do this because this is what we need to survive. And oh, wait, look, we can just do this with science and an entire, you know, an entire venture is just upended. Ah, anyway, what's really weird is that it's not mentioned anywhere in the Ford Museum from what I remember. Oh, really? Yeah, it's weird. I, I was there once. I don't remember seeing but, it at all. But, I mean, they, they had to take that exhibit out to make room for the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. <laughs> I, I think you understand. <laughs> I do, actually. That I, I would totally do that. But uh, that's neither here nor there. I am actually going to take... I'm, I'm sticking with the depictions of Fordlandia as well. And I'm going to pronounce it with the accent because why not? But I'm not going with Marsupilami. I'm going to take um, the PC game, the Amazon Trail. The player travels back in time to meet Henry Ford. Yes. So they thought. <laughs> yeah. So according to this thing, he was there. So uh, I'm clicking that. Lies. Oh, hey, nope. It's a history game. You can't. There, there's no lies. Oh, my it's gosh. Awesome. That's amazing. Okay. <laughs> the Amazon Trail. Oh, all right. I, I'm sure this is not going to be racist at all. It's going to be great. <laughs> Go on. Marsupilami. Yes. So Marsupilami is one of those. A cheetah with a tail for days. It, it's basically, yeah. yeah. It's basically um, a cross between, I would say, uh, like a, a monkey or some primate, um, a cheetah. And it just has this incredibly long tail. And it's just sort of one of those classic old timey kind of foreign comic series or like, you know, from abroad, like kind of like Rin Tin Tin era kind of. Oh, my gosh. No, uh, this comic, uh, Spiro and Fantasio, mm-hmm. that I just saw they made a cartoon of it like not a couple years ago. And they are supposed to be uh, French like adventurer slash journalists. It, it's on it's on Netflix. Journal Scouts. Yeah, seriously. And I, I watched an episode of it like this is not what journalism is like at all. But, you know, but, I mean, <laughs> so, I mean, it's the American audiences don't don't know it that well. Of course, it, it did come over as a cartoon in like the 90s for Saturday mornings. Disney made some rendition of it, um, but it is actually pretty well loved uh, over in its home uh, lands. Uh, in fact, it has an asteroid named after it. What? Asteroid 98494 Marsupilami. Wow. It's named in its honor. <laughs> so uh, there's a little sort of biology of Marsupilami in this article. The Marsupilami is a black-spotted, yellow, monkey-like creature. Male Marsupilamis have an incredibly <laughs> long, strong, flexible, prehensile tail used for almost any task. Female Marsupilamis have a much shorter tail, but still long compared to real animals. Unlike the males, the females also walk on the tips of their toes. When the animal rebounds, he makes the noise boing 
<laughs> males also have eyes that are not completely separate, while females have two separate eyes. What? I'm guess I'm guessing it's sort of like the Sonic thing. It's it better. Yeah, it is. Oh. This is weird. Female marsupialamis have a totally different voice than the males. <laughs> males say "huva" most of the time, while females say "huvi." <laughs> According to L'Encyclopédie du Marsupilami, they are monotremes, like the platypus and echidna, which explains why they lay eggs while having mammalian features. They're Pokemon. Which, yeah, yeah I guess so. <laughs> they, I mean, that, it does seem a little, a little excessive um, information <laughs> yeah. on the Marsupilami. Yeah, that's kind of weird. That's amazing and strange. Um, I don't know. But um, as, as some might remember... Uh, in uh, the early 90s, 1992, uh, Disney brought uh, Marsupilami over to American shores. Uh, it first appeared on the television uh, show Raw Tunage, which is totally 1992. Raw uh, Tunage. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Um, and its Marsupilami supporting characters included Maurice the Gorilla, Stuart the Elephant, Eduardo the Jaguar, Leonardo the Lion, Norman the Poacher, and other characters. In the comics, he never actually met a gorilla or an elephant. Oh. So... And they moved his uh, origin from Africa to look South America. Oh no, the seer. Oh no, he never encountered a gorilla or elephant since they're from Africa, silly, and not South oh. America, where Marsupilami is from. I see. I see. So it's more likely that Marsupilami would have met Henry <laughs> Ford than a gorilla or an elephant. Except, except they wouldn't have because he was never there. Yep. Oh my gosh! Um, this guy. So this guy goes and meets Ford. Or no, there's an episode that takes place in this. No, Wait, there's what? an episode that takes place in Fordlandia. Not an episode. A, 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 a story from the comic. Yeah, that's amazing. What yeah, happened? I kind of want to see it now. Yeah, I didn't make that connection. Like, because you said it, but I didn't really know what I didn't remember what Mersubalami was, and then I just made that connection. That she goes over. He goes, "Hey, Huba, I got this American stupidity." Oh, I gotta find that. So. Oh, that's gonna be so I like amazing. that there's. There's I like still, that there's a reference. Oh, go on. I'm sorry. There's still a uh, show going oh on from gosh. 2009 to the present called Huba Huba Hop. What? What? <laughs> yep. Third series and started in 2009 features a preteen boy named Hector and his aunt Diane. They're going to live in the jungle for one year to study its fauna and flora. They become best friends with the Marsupilami family. Their main enemies are megalomaniac industrialist and jungle hater Felicia Devort, <laughs> who plans hater. to level out the Colombian jungle, <laughs> Colombian, okay, and build the Devort city megalopolis in its place, and her two henchmen, Stroy and Blueprint. Their old enemy hunter, Bring M. Back Alive, nope. also <laughs> appears. So, uh, I am going to go with, uh, to get into the realm of TV, the network on which Marsupilami, the show in America, first appeared, and that's CBS. Oh, I see what you're playing at. All right. Mm. All right. We'll see how Came this works. Biz. CBS. Have we been to CBS before? I feel like we've been to a network. ABC. Uh, I think we went yeah, to ABC. I think ABC. it was ABC that we were at, yeah. yeah we've yeah. definitely done that, but only briefly because it's crazy. Yep. All right. So you're at CBS, and Kyle is at Let's the Amazon the Trail. Amazon Trail. Um, yeah, the Amazon Trail is an educational computer game created by MECC, um, which, if I'm remembering correctly, is this the same group as the, <sighs> yeah, the Minnesota Educational Computing Consortium and, I guess, Corporation. We'll get there. 
um, inspired by the popularity of the Oregon Trail, featuring the areas surrounding the Amazon River and some of its tributaries. In this 2D adventure, the player is asked to set out on a journey up the Amazon, hoping to make it up, make it to the lost Inca village of Villa Vilcambaba. Vilcambaba. I'm probably butchering that. I'm so sorry. Along the way, player learns about the people who live on and use the river for their survival. There are two sequels. Oh my gosh. Amazon. <laughs> no, no, hold on. Amazon Trail 2 and Amazon Trail 3rd Edition. What was wrong with 3? 3rd Edition uh, was in that year for it was, program for computer I, programs. I guess. Amazon uh, Trail 3 without a panel. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it was released the starring in Seth Green. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> so, uh did you guys play this at all? No. No, the, not this one. Is this the Seriously? same is M- yeah, MECC same the same it's company the same that did Oregon yes. Trail? Yes. Wow. Uh, it's making bank. Yeah. Well, they were they were trying to find new ways to to sell that old program, essentially, and or to do more with it, I guess. Um, but I I I did actually play this game uh, briefly. I mean, I I only have really vague memories of it because I think the only time I ever saw it was like in a school library. But it was one of those things where you wanted to jump in and try to uh, try to reserve the computer so you could have a couple of minutes to play on the Amazon trail and see how far you could get before you had to you know, before you died of malaria. Yeah. Um, which <laughs> was, it's was malaria. malaria their dysentery? I was about to say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> malaria was their dysentery. Um, so it, it has a much different opening. Like the thing that one of the things that makes uh, the Oregon Trail, you know, interesting well i mean there are i mean let's be honest it's just a survival game but um you gotta, well, shooting the squirrels is what made it interesting yes really honestly you got no meat from it but it was they're so fast and you're so proud whenever i got it yeah um yeah but the i always uh, felt bad shooting the bison because you just they take like four hits and they would just kind of no. and then they just go down <laughs> like brr. um it's like you well, have all the meat you're gonna <laughs> miss me when i'm gone <laughs> But it all spoiled, Sky. You, you wanted you wanted like a deer or something like that. Um, wow, I played this too much. Anyway, um, so you could uh, so the idea was to kind of do the same thing. But part of the story of the first game is that you you know you're traveling across the the wilderness, but you have a bunch of people with you, and it's you know right. You named to, them your classmates. Yes. <laughs> you're sitting next to you and you're like, ha ha, Chad. Uh, you're going to die. You died. Syphilis. Um, so what you do in this one differently is it's just you. You're taking a native guide and just going up the river and learning about the people on the river <laughs> and okay. basically picking up supplies and uh, medicine the whole time so that you don't die. Now, it says here that in an opening sequence... The protagonist yeah. is in bed yep. in Peru, Indiana. Sure. <laughs> visited visited in a dream by a black panther who calls himself the Jaguar or the Inca King. Yep. The Jaguar explains that the Inca pe- people are endangered by malaria and Europeans, and the player must go back in time in order to search for Kinchoa? Kinchana? Yeah, that's my best And deliver taste. it to the king. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's not weird i so that's I pretty weird the the jaguar take a wrong turn at albuquerque or something like <laughs> yeah i i feel really conflicted about that hey, and at, at the time wake up 
<laughs> Gotta go you're, back in time. You're the you're the kid of destiny, right? <laughs> Just say you yes. Know, whatever. I'm you're tired. close enough. <laughs> tired. I've been, I've been running all night. Been quantum leaping all over the place. <laughs> yeah. This is Peru, right? Yeah. So this is it's weird. Uh, I I remember even as a kid, like being like, "Oh man, this is so cool! A jaguar is coming to visit me." And like, <laughs> looking at this now, I'm like, "Okay, I should really have been thinking about this deeper as a kid. <laughs> like, right. Maybe I maybe I should have thought about about this a little bit more." Anyway, um, you use uh, you can also check the uh, I, I don't remember exactly how it works, but you can use your knowledge from our time to recognize some of the local things and things like that. Uh, yeah. Like Fordlandia. In, in the Amazon? Yes, yeah. But hey, the, I, I remember this from that episode of Survivor. <laughs> well, it, it's funny you should mention because they talk about uh, historical figures appear, such as Henry Ford, Teddy Roosevelt, and Claude Levi Strauss. The player is given a good feel for the differing attitudes and clashing roles portrayed by the individuals, encountered individuals, pertaining to the history of the Amazon. Many of these figures have interesting items which can be acquired in trade for food, clothing, etc. For example, Henry Ford has a ball of rubber. <laughs> no, he don't. <laughs> <laughs> interesting items in, in quotations there, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, super weird. Uh, no, it's, it's not really that weird. It, it, I mean, if you're looking for information about the Amazon, I guess that's kind of neat. It's just that the framing is a little strange. Well, what are you uh, going to do here? Clearly, I am going to try to get closer to Portland by going on the Oregon Trail. So Yay. I'm going to click the Oregon Trail because it's really cool. The Oregon Trail video, video game at the top. Yes. All right. OK, cool. CBS. So the CBS the article is the I network. This <laughs> article is huge. People, we love writing about our TV, man. It's really weird. Yes. Um, so I'm just going to take a oh slipper out of this. Uh, I'm going to go to other notable specials. Guys, I just realized CBS that that's history. an I. Wait, what? Oh, dear. Uh, wait, wait, Sky, what? I never made that. Con- I never made the connection to that. That the logo is an I. What? So wait, when you just said the iNetwork, you were... I was like, the iNetwork, why does it call it the iNetwork? Oh, God. <laughs> That's okay. what they describe it as in the beginning of the article. We're just going to keep moving. Go on. <laughs> this is like Night Vale. Just it's let... always been watching you, Scott. <laughs> just, it's just always let... watched back. Let Scott have his moment. Yeah. Okay. So uh, here's some specials uh, that have been uh, happening through CBS history. Uh, from 1949 to 2002, there's been the Pillsbury Bake Off, an annual national cooking contest. Um, hosts for this broadcast included Arthur Godfrey, Art Linkletter, Bob Barker, Gary Collins, and Alex Trebek. Who, I don't know, this like, I don't think his talents are being used there. Um, Seems like an odd choice, but all right. <laughs> the uh, the Miss USA beauty pageant aired on CBS from 1963 to 2002. So, man, they lost both their, their baked goods and their Miss USA pageant in the same year. Mm. Um, so uh, Bob Barker also hosted that one for 20 years from 1967 to 1987. Um, but he finally quit. Uh, why do you think he quit? 
Oh, because they, I mean, clearly when they were doing the bids for his contract, they got the price wrong. I mean, they, they went over. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, I mean, that's it, right? No. Oh. What is, what is Bob Barker known for outside of being a host? It's spaying and neutering the animals. Oh my gosh, yeah. are you serious? So like, was there... Someone animal was cruelty like, no, or something? I'm not going to spay our... We have cats on this set and we are not going to spay them. No, he quit in a dispute over the use of fur coats. What? Oh, wow. And it also says, um, while describing it, him as an animal rights activist here, it says, uh, at which point Barker, an animal rights activist who eventually convinced producers of The Price is Right to cease offering them as prizes on the program. Dang. Dang. They were uh, giving puppies away on the prices right once. <laughs> that is nuts. Look, Bob. They I were mean, not giving away puppies. Like Ben understand- puppy. No, I don't want that puppy. <laughs> they were not no. doing puppies, Tim. <laughs> They're doing fur coats. Oh, yes. Yeah, so this is maybe this isn't written very well. Is the, <laughs> does the them refer to animals or refer to fur coats? I'm just more concerned that you know. I, I understand that you got to you know you're really worried about these animals, but. If you're, you're as part of the, the beauty pageant, I mean, and that's the thing you pick on. That's that's the problem that you have that objectifying all these people. It, you know, that's fine. But God help you if you do it in fur coats. What do you mean objectifying them? There's a talent contest. Oh, sorry. Sorry. They ask them questions about yep. the world. That they must <laughs> answer oh, in like 30 seconds. I don't know what you're talking about, Kyle. <laughs> um another special was uh in 1977 they recorded um elvis presley's final tour stops in Omaha, nebraska and rapid city um the special ellis in concert aired october 3rd 1977 nearly two months after death of elvis presley hashtag final year and death presley's death wait what i, I think I think Wikipedia is, is showing in the matrix here for a second. Whoa. Yeah, what's going on? That's a little, it's a little wonky. Oh man. This yep, sounds that's exactly weird. what it says. That's very strange. So yeah, Elvis Presley's death in his Graceland mansion. So CBS has been there for some things. <laughs> um, they, where I am going to go though. CBS is also home to, um, one of the, um, considered one of the best, comedies of all time i love lucy oh um which starred her and her husband husband desi arnaz but i'm going to desi they... arnaz because do you know who does a really good desi arnaz impression oh no yeah no what Tim, yeah he how does dare you? oh man how dare you i can't believe you pulled this out that's brilliant i'm very impressed all right we'll see if i can get there first this least... photo looks photoshopped. What? <laughs> this is the most photoshopped photo I've ever seen. I can tell because of the pixels. What? What? Show me this photo. I'm, I'm getting. You... I'm getting it to you. All right. <laughs> so you are at Desi Arnaz. Desi Arnaz. That's okay. kind of awesome. I, I'm actually sort of looking forward to that. Anyway. Yeah. On the meantime, or in the I meantime, don't know anything about that guy, but <laughs> yeah, I never realized that I wanted to know more, but I do. Oh, you totally do. They're one of the first most one of the more interesting couples on television especially for the time they were uh, okay the Oregon, the Oregon Trail. Trail um the Oregon the video Trail game. is a computer game originally developed by Don Rossich Ra Rich Rich it's Rich. a to say 
Heinemann Heinemann and uh, Paul and Dill- Dylan Dillenberger, Dillenberger. Back. In 1971, uh, and produced by the Minnesota Educational Computing Con- Consortium, uh, it actually ends up being the Computing Corporation before they, before they, uh, I think, uh, wrapped up in the 90s. I'll, I'll look into that in a little bit. But the uh, this is one of the. I, I, do you guys know the story behind the Oregon Trail? Like, like the, the game? Yeah, the game itself. Because this is one of those issues. One of those. Um, points in history where you know someone just had the right tools in the right place and wanted to do something cool essentially and and all of us you know in our entire culture (laughs) as gamers you know as nerds was you know altered forever because of it uh like this could have ended up very differently uh in a lot of different in a lot of different spots have you guys ever read anything on it no Uh, no i have no idea yeah, you really should. Um, there are a lot of really good articles on it. I'll, I can try to find a link to one for Facebook sometime this week. It's free to but, play now. Did yeah, you, you can find. That? Yeah, I was going to say you can find it in a lot of uh, a lot of versions of it online for free. But uh, Roich, um, he was a, uh, and they have here. Uh, he was teaching an eighth grade history class, and uh, okay, using a really old computer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean one that doesn't really have like a a user interface yet, like not really the way that we think of a user interface. Uh, Like there are no windows, you know what I mean? Right. Just a, yeah. It's all DOS prompt. Yeah. Yeah. No, not even, not even. Oh, Uh, wow. He's using basic at this time. Oh, holy crap. So he's not only working straight from a computer program, he's writing this in such a way that his kids that, you know, he's trying to find a way to teach kids about American history and do it in a way that they'll pay attention and think is interesting. So he, they start putting together and I, 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 I'll, I, I remember this in, in articles otherwise as uh, I actually, I know mental floss has a really good history on it. Uh, we should, we should link to them. Um, but they, uh, they basically had this computer sort of in a closet at the school and he sort of just worked on this in the background uh, between classes and things like that and uh, developed a whole story, you know, uh, in terms of like trying to get kids to think in, in the way that those uh, settlers would be thinking. Uh, and it made it, uh, it was a huge, huge splash. The eighth grade class loved it because they're eighth graders and video games are awesome. Uh but this it changed the way that uh, that these kids uh, interacted with the story, and I, I mean it really, really was uh, just basically a text adventure. The way we think of it with the old graphics that that's new, like that that came around later. Mm-hmm. Uh, once it once it made the jump onto onto the apples, right? Um, but that wasn't until almost 1980. Uh, in its first uh, in its first setup, it was totally text based. So if you can imagine that, basically getting, you know how in, in some adventure games you have the, you know, what it, here, here's at the north exit, there's this, at the west exit, this. And yeah, yeah, it was that. Yeah, so it was like a and text they, adventure. And they still got kids to love it. Do you know how they got kids to love it? Uh, death? Well, that's <laughs> one. Threats? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you will love this. No, no, uh, I mean, there are all those things and there's a score <laughs> system and it's a video game. Hunting. Uh, but it was hunting. 
Mm. And I really, really loved the way that they, that this guy was like, you know what? We need, we need to put an aspect into this. That's more than just a random roll of the die, you know, a random number generator of some kind to say like, here's, you know, you hunted a squirrel. Um, you picked what animals, I guess, um, you had to, you had to bring the resources to hunt, but, um, you, you pick the animals and, uh, you would have to, uh, it would give you a prompt. And then basically you had to type, and I, I don't recognize the other ones. They have other suggestions here for, uh, for the word, but, uh, you had to type bang as fast and accurately oh as you can. Wow. And they also have wham or pow. So I guess maybe they were, maybe you could do it with blunt objects too. I don't know. But, um, yeah, you had to type bang as quickly and accurately as possible. And if you did it fast enough and you didn't mess up, you hit the animal. And if you did not, it got away. And that would be uh, and that was just something that the kids found amazing because, you know, that I mean, that think about this in, in that time frame when gaming, as you know, it you know, the, the machine actually responded to you when you did a thing and you got, and you were good at it. Yeah. And suddenly a generation of gamers was born. That's crazy. I had yeah. no idea. That's how the first one was. Oh, it's so amazing. Anyway, uh, it has, it has worked itself into our culture as gamers, not only, or actually not just as gamers, but just as generationally. Um, I actually have a, a shirt that says you have died of dysentery. Uh, do you guys have any, do you have anything like that? Mm, <laughs> I did not no. have a shirt that says I've died. Of what? No. Oh, I don't. Sorry. That's a shame. I, I mean, yeah, it, it just shows up in a lot of, in lots of references and, and people who make parodies and, uh, yeah, I'm sure it, it pops up in, in things all over the place, uh, on TV and online and other things like that. Anyway, um, it's, it is a really great story. You should go look up the article. I'll, I'll find a link just so you can check out like what kind of, what kind of work these guys were doing to bring this game to actually make this game happen. Yeah. And actually the, the continued story of the MECC um, is just crazy. The way Bananas. that, Oh my gosh, the way that gaming in that sense and educational gaming kind of took off in that regard and uh, where people tried to take it. And where the market just said, nope, a lot of people maybe did not make out the best in the end over the Oregon Trail. But I guess that's true of the actual Oregon Trail, too. So, yeah, uh, I'm going from uh, the from the Oregon Trail to just Oregon. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, because that should get me there. Go figure. Uh, All right. It's right here. So I'm going to Oregon and you can't stop me. <laughs> I'm taking the trail. I think, the only, I think it's the only time yeah. that's ever been said. That's the, I'm taking the trail to Oregon. Going to Oregon right. and you can't stop me. That's right. And no Go one on. ever has. All right, Tim. <laughs> All right, Tim. So, Desidero um, Alberto Arnaz Ide Acha Third. Yep. What? Better known as Desi Arnaz or Desi Arnaz Sr. Um, he was born in Cuba and uh, came to America. Um, yeah, this is this is insane. Um, so he was born in Santiago de Cuba, 
Uh, his father was Santiago's youngest mayor and also served in the Cuban House of Representatives. His maternal grandfather was an executive at Bacardi Rum. Wow. According to Arnaz in his autobiography, which is titled A Book, uh, the family owned three ranches of palatial. Hold on. Back up, back up. The title is A Book. A Book. Wow. Yep. I, I really want to read that now. <laughs> So the family had three ranches, a palatial home, and a vacation mansion on a private island. But then the Cuban Revolution happened in 1933. Uh-oh. Um, let's see here. His his father. How do you leave off in the middle of that sentence? Ta- his father was jailed oh, and all no. of his property was confiscated. He was released six months later and the family was like, nope, not staying here. They went to Miami. Wow. And he came in and, you know, he didn't know English. He got his way up in through Broadway, um, did a movie, met Lucille Ball. They got hey, married. What did he do on Broadway? Um, the musical Too Many Girls. What? <laughs> yeah. And uh, then they created uh, Desilu Productions. That's amazing. Now, when you, when you think of sitcoms, I mean, I Love Lucy is definitely one of the more common ones thought of. But... Um, it actually pushed a lot of barriers for its time. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, did. When you think of shows being recorded, you should think of I Love Lucy. It was one of the first shows, if not the first, to actually be recorded instead of broadcast live. Wow. And what? He had, I had no idea. And he had to fight like producers and stuff to actually get this to happen. Why? I th- um, you think it'd be the other way around. Yeah. It recorded... Yeah shows would become first we would want to be able to edit this in case something goes wrong and it would just be it seems like it'd be easier production wise executives considered the use of film an unnecessary extravagance oh Arnett oh my gosh allow desilu studios to cover all additional costs associated with filming under the stipulation that desilu owned and controlled all rights to the film wow that's so and considering that's how so smart. i love lucy is replayed Oh my gosh! How much money they made from that has to be amazing. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Um, he was also—you uh, probably could say—somewhat uh, progressive for his time too. Um, his beliefs: uh, Arnaz and Ball decided that the show would maintain what Arnaz termed basic good taste, and mm-hmm. would therefore uh, avoid ethnic jokes as well as humor based on physical handicaps or mental disabilities. There was only one sort of quirk that was ever really made fun of on the show and that was um desi who, who played the role of ricky ricardo his accent was the only yes. thing that they ever really made fun of his cuban accent and mm-hmm. only lucy would ever do that yeah yeah and i always thought that was interesting that and and i mean not to pick on new york but you know <laughs> uh that i that no one else ever mentioned it you know and i, I always uh, it's such a it it's such a weird and amazing show in that they they started so many things uh arnaz had to push the network to allow them to record shows with her looking that way yeah um at that at that time they believed that you could not show a pregnant woman on television and then it says arnaz consulted a priest a rabbi and a christian minister i hope it was at a bar Oh, that's so um, amazing. all of them told them that there was nothing wrong with doing that with showing lucy on the show pregnant weren't they um, all weren't the they network, also the, oh go on the network relented but said okay you can do it but you can't use the word pregnant what yeah how 
Well, so I guess they, they, they would, said they were they expecting. They would use the word expecting, yes. Yes, okay. Uh, it says, oddly, the official titles of two of the series episodes employed the word pregnant. Mm. Lucy is enciente or enciente, employing the French word for pregnant. And pregnant women are unpredictable. Uh, although the episode titles never appeared on the show itself. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a lousy title. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, they also uh, produced uh, a number of other shows. Uh, the Andy Griffith Show. Wow. The Dick Van Dyke Show. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Lucy Show, of course. Um, and Star Trek. What? Desi Lou produced Star Trek. Wow. That's insane. So they knew good stuff. I was going to say, they had their, their finger on the pulse of a lot of different... <laughs> yep. <laughs> wow a lot of different groups yep um so unfortunately fred armison is not um noted here wow i'm amazed but um desi arnaz did actually uh apparently host an episode of saturday night live oh so what? saturday night live like a guest host yep he was guest host okay. where someone did a pretty good impression of desi arnaz once <laughs> Oh yeah, he's definitely going to be on here. Yeah. So Oregon is is a state. Yes. <laughs> it's a state uh, in the Pacific Northwest. Blah blah blah. Um, now let's see. What does it have here in a way of? It's one of the. It's one of only three states of the contiguous United States of a coastline on the Pacific Ocean. The thing that is interesting here is the name itself, because we we don't really actually know. Uh, the early and earliest known use of the name spelled. Oregon, O-U-R-A-G-O-N, was in a 1765 petition by Major Robert Rogers to the Kingdom of Great Britain. Wow, Kingdom of Great Britain? Who writes like that? Kingdom of Great Britain. That's okay. The The term referred to the then mythical river of the West, uh, the Columbia River. Uh, in by, <laughs> by 1778, the spelling had shifted to Oregon. Uh, he wrote, the route is from the Great Lakes... Great Lakes toward the head of the Mississippi and from thence to the river called by the Indians Oregon. Uh, one one theory is that the name comes to the French word Oregon, O-U-R-A-G-A-N, uh, which would mean windstorm or hurricane, which was applied to the river of the West based on Native American tales of uh, tales of the powerful Chinook winds of the lower Columbia River or perhaps the first hand French experience of the winds of the Great Plains. Interesting. They, they just thought it was really windy there and may have named it after a really windy place. <laughs> so there is another story here as to say like the, uh, someone else in uh, something called Sunset Magazine in 1904 explained the name Oregon is rounded down phonetically from Ore Ili Agua uh, or Oragua or Agon Oregon. Uh, Given probably by the same Portuguese navigator that named the Farallones Farallones after his first officer, and it literally, in a large way, means cascades. Here are the waters. Are Ilia? Oh, it does in that right. Yeah, if you from uh, well Portuguese, I guess, but in Spanish that would be yeah. Here are the yeah. waters. <laughs> Here's some water. It, no, no. Here, H E A R. Here are oh. the water. Yeah. Or ore. Uh, that's interesting. I, I mean, that sounds sort of like uh, like they're explaining it backwards, and you know, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, but it's still pretty. You know, I'll, I'll take that. Another account endorsed as the most plausible explanation in the book for Oregon 
geographic names was advanced by George R. Stewart in 1944 article in American Speech. According to Stewart, the name comes from an engraver's error <laughs> and a French map <laughs> published in early 18th century on which the, oh man, uh, I can't even say this, Oisikonsink, uh, or the Wisconsin River, was spelled Owarikonsint, broken into two lines with the sint below, S-I-N-T, so there appeared to be a river flowing to the west named Oricon. So that's wow. apparently um, the 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 upper west of the state just has a bunch of names that no one can really pronounce or spell. So just bombs away. This yeah. is where it landed. It's Oregon. Yeah, yeah. They it sounds like they just came to a decision about it essentially. Um, but I'm not going to spend any more time on this page because I because there's too much stuff here and not enough of it is something that I know anything about. So we're going to go to Portland because that's directly in the second paragraph. Portland's in this? Portland is the largest city in Oregon. Surprise. And ranks 29th in the U.S. Ah. Its metro population of uh, 2 million and change uh, is 24th. Nice. Okay. All right, so you're at Portland, Oregon. I think you're going to slip in right under me, dude. Come on. Come on. We're going to do this. It's getting close. <laughs> so SNL is another naturally huge Wikipedia article. So um, what I'd like to focus on is um, the films that have come out of Saturday Night Live. No, no, let's not talk about <laughs> any of them. They're there terrible. are many, many <laughs> films. What film uh, that, that came out of Saturday, Saturday Night Live sketches uh, grossed the highest? In box office revenue. Oh no! Um, is it? It's not Animal House, is it? Um, Animal House isn't technically based on a Saturday Night Live sketch. Oh, it, I guess it had Belushi. Yeah, in it, but no, it you're right. Would it be the Blues Brothers? Mm. Close. That's number two. Really? Uh, One hundred and fifteen uh, plus million. Yep. Uh, um. Well, wait. Uh, Wayne's uh, World came out of it, oh, right? Oh yeah. Wayne's World is the number one yeah. with $183 million. That's nice. amazing. Um, yeah, and uh, Blues Brothers made 115000 The rest apparently have never cracked $50 million. No. Yeah. That's... Wayne's World 2 is in third place at $48 million. Wow. Um, followed by Superstar with, uh, uh, I can't remember her name, but you know. Oh, no. yeah. Click it. I'm going to feel bad sister, if we don't. Like Sister Mary Catherine or... Mary Catherine Gallagher. Mary Catherine Gallagher. That's her name. Okay. Puts her hands in her armpits. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then a night at the Roxbury. <laughs> yeah, you know the what is love guys. Yeah. Um, the worst. The two worst films, uh, box office wise, are Stewart Saves His Family with Al Franken, uh, which is said to have uh, a gross of nine hundred twelve thousand dollars. And really, just honestly, a lot of gross. And it's Pat. Oh. Which, oh, yeah. um, according to Wikipedia's graph here, made sixty thousand eight hundred twenty-two dollars. What had a budget of? It doesn't say what its budget was. <laughs> too much. <laughs> Whatever it was, it was too much. That's incredible. That's. I love how, like, the budget. Like, you don't know how much <laughs> it made elsewhere. You don't know. It 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 goes with the film. You don't oh, know. Man. Just oh. don't know. Okay. Uh, so of course, yes, Fred Armisen is indeed mentioned. Oh, uh, oh no! 
in this. Um, he is only mentioned once in this entire article. Wow, yeah. That's amazing. Just um, the end of a list. Yeah. It, and it just talks about him leaving. While cast members would, uh, would leave over the following two decades, the show saw its biggest transition in 2013, with the addition of six cast members to compensate for the departure of several longtime cast members like Bill Hader, Jason Sudeikis, and Fred Armisen. And that's I the only mention this, of yeah. him in this entire article, but I'm taking it. <laughs> but I'm, I'm on Fred Armisen. You're on Portland. Yep. <laughs> oh, jeez. We're, we're both dancing right around this. Yeah. I'm really, I'm, I'm honestly sort of surprised that the Oregon page itself did not list Portland. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Portland, Oregon is a weird place and you know, it's, it's, it's understandably weird, uh, or rather not understandably, but they, they work very hard to keep it that way. And rather again, than actually read this page. Uh, have either of you guys actually been to Portland? No, no, really? It's, it is such no no no. It is surprised at that. No, it it really is such a weird place, but it's beautiful. I mean, it really is a beautiful area out there. Uh, they uh, it's called the uh, what is it? The City of Roses. Yeah, City of Roses. Uh, specifically because they have uh, lots of uh, rose gardens and um, lots of outdoor activities. Like even when I was there, I was there for work, and I was still able to find time to get out there just to see like just some of the, like, yeah, one of the Rose gardens was not too far from where I was staying. Um, it was gorgeous. Cool. And, uh, yeah. However, it was one of the weirdest experiences I've ever had. Uh, <laughs> just in the people that I ran into, uh, cause I, I, you know, I, didn't take taxis from place to place because it's Portland and it's beautiful. And yeah, you're going to walk that city. I was walking down the street and I was nearly hit by a, by someone on their bike who was wearing a, uh, a bike helmet with a union Jack on it and a, a, like a long trailing scarf. Nice. And they had their dog in like a, a small, like Jack Russell Terrier in the basket. Um, no, 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 no. In their backpack. Oh, okay. And it was just staring at me as they zoomed past. <laughs> Even the dog was judging you. I guess. Wow. And I, uh, and then I got farther down the, the road a little bit and I ran into like, there was just a, like an explosion of food trucks, just a bunch of food trucks out in the middle. I'm like, Oh well, yeah, that's big. Like, well, this is what I'm doing for lunch. So I walked around to the different places and I found a place that sold, if I'm remembering this right, um, they did, uh, it was fries with, um, lime chili and, um, and two sunny side up eggs. And, uh, I think it was like some kind of, um, it was a salsa, but I can't remember exactly what, uh, and, and a pickle. And it was amazing. Wow. Oh my gosh. I like, it was so delicious. Like this is, oh yeah. But the guy who was making it while he was waiting for the fries to cook played his ukulele. Oh, of course. Yeah. What a magical Uh, land Portland is. (laughs) Oh, I'm not even done with it yet. (laughs) Uh, I got uh, attacked by a homeless person there who, as I was crossing the street, um, she was crossing the street the opposite way. And said something to the effect of, uh, you can't arrest me. What, don't tell me to get off the street. 
uh, what are you doing here? And like punched me. Whoa. Yeah. And then just continued walking down the street. I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and that's uh, crazy. Yeah. Oh, and she uh, punched I, you like on the uh, shoulder or? Yeah. Like across the, across the shoulder. Wow. It was not like something that was actually going to do damage. Uh, but it was just a really weird situation. And then um, I went to a, uh, for one of the work meetings, there was, it was at a bar. And of course there were uh, every, on one side of the bar, you know, they have all the, all the bar stools. Um, there was, it was a whole bunch of guys. Uh, I guess I think they were local, but they were all wearing matching, like the same kind of button up shirt. They all had the same kind of beard, like bushy beard and fedoras. Like every single, there were like <laughs> at least five of these guys all lined up, like back to back to back to back. Like they, they have to realize this is going on, right? Like they, they know this is strange, right? But, and, and that's basically what the whole city's like. Like you just go around and you, you see these things and you, you think like they, they know this is weird, right? No one, no one else does this, right? They, they, they figured this out. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah well then they do it's uh i I accidentally stumbled into an art show uh (laughs) because i was looking for one of the buildings that i was uh, like a a meeting and i went out into this courtyard and they're like oh oh this is welcome to the uh oh i can't remember what the name of the gallery was but they had like there was a a whole exhibit of these rocks and just different stacks of rocks. And I, I might still have some pictures from it because I took pictures. And I'm like, this is a stack of rocks. Yeah. Rocks. Uh, but yeah, it was, but I, I was like, I have to see this now. I can't not, you know, it was like found objects and rocks. Wow. And like, I, I'll, I'll be a couple minutes late so I can do this. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what Portland's like. Everything that you see in Portlandia it's that's pretty accurate. All of that to say, Portlandia is on this page. Yay! Yay! Uh, the city has a, acquired a diverse range of nicknames throughout its history. It, though it's most frequently frequently called Rose City or the City of Roses, the latter of which being its unofficial nickname since 1888 and its official nickname since 2003. Uh, Another widely used nickname by local residents in everyday speech is PDX, which is also the airport code for Portland International Airport, Uh, which, by the way, uh, there's you should look up. Speaking of articles at other places, there's a lot of interesting stuff about the carpet at Portland International Airport. It's apparently pretty famous. Oh, yeah, it has it has like an Instagram and stuff. Oh, does it really? I think so. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Check it out. Uh, it's, it's kind of a weird story, but, uh, yes. How is actually, uh, I'm looking it up right now. A story from five hours ago, (laughs) how Portland's airport carpet broke the internet with 42,000 foot selfies. Yeah, there you go. The, the headline just below that in the news from two days ago, hideous airport carpet named (laughs) grand Marshal in Portland parade. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. The Starlight uh, I, Parade. I do know that there's a guy oh, that, that the pattern the pattern of this carpet is so well recognized and loved that there's a guy who uh, sells clothing with that on it that pattern, and that's what he does. That that's like his job. Wow. So anyway, anyway, 
Do you oh, want to yeah. talk about? Uh, yeah, let, let's Red talk Armisen a little bit about Fred Armisen. I mean, I think I think he deserves it since he he created the show. Yeah, sure. And he's a pretty talented dude. Uh, so Fred Robert Armisen uh, is an actor, voice actor, writer, producer, director, singer, musician, and comedian. Uh, he oh, is, is of course, known for you know Portlandia. Um, he's also a drummer. What? And uh, this gives him uh, one of the best sort of um, opening sentences that you could ever have. Uh, while not playing with the band Trenchmouth. Mm. And if I were Fred Armisen, I would start every sentence about <laughs> that. <laughs> while not playing with the band Trenchmouth, I enjoy cereal for breakfast. <laughs> while yes. not playing with the band Trenchmouth, I am in a cab late for the airport. You know, while not playing with the band Trenchmouth, I, I, I'd like a tall coffee, please. Yes. <laughs> um, let's see here. He has also, um, his voice acting work includes, uh, for the Cartoon Network series, The Looney Tunes Show, he is the voice of Speedy Gonzalez. What? what? Yep. He is the voice or he is came a later. Voice. He must be a voice. <laughs> he does the well, he does the voice of Speedy Gonzalez on that show, the modern version of Looney Tunes. Current. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Um his celebrity impressions have involved um as we know Desi Arnaz. Yeah. <laughs> um but also uh Lawrence Welk. <laughs> Ira Glass. Uh, Saddam Hussein, Ira Glass. He'd be yeah. a great Ira Glass. Did you yeah. not hear that episode of This American Life? No, yeah, you've actually brought him on for, oh, an, episode really? to, for a, yeah. uh, an episode about doppelgangers. And he tried to, and he did a section or segment as, as Ira Glass, and it was pretty good. And, um, he also does a good impression of Prince, or at least a funny <laughs> one. Yeah. And he does it, and he does it basically, or he did it on Saturday Night Live. Um, as a way of improving his chance of meeting him because he's a big fan. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Yep. Cool. That's really so, cool. you know, but and of course, Portlandia is on here, but Kyle won. I can't Good believe job, I got Kyle. there. Yeah, I that was like five or six clicks. I can't believe I got there before you did. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. Very close. Yeah. Uh, do either of you guys watch Portlandia? Uh, I think Candace and I watched like the first season of it, a bit of okay. it. We liked it, but it oh, wasn't yeah. like a show that we'd sit is on. It's on Netflix now, so you guys can go watch it. But, but I don't think it's a show you can like sit there and watch like over and over. <laughs> it, it, just after makes me, it just makes me really nervous to watch. That's all. Really? Like, oh, they're just so weird. Everyone's so weird. <laughs> I, not all of it's I mean, most of it's about Portland, but some of it's also more broad. Yeah. Like there's like the Battlestar Galactica sketch, which. It's pretty universal. It's basically just about binging That's, shows that have oh, that I have thought cliffhangers. They were like, it was a sketch about Battlestar Galactica, like yeah, no, it's a about parody of the show or something. I'm like, whoa. No, it's about watching it. It's about okay. spoilers. And it, wait, or am I thinking of a different No, no, one? it's not about spoilers. It's it's oh, basically sorry. about cliffhangers. Like it's just like, oh yeah, just just one more show. Like like it starts it starts with them like I think they like borrow you know the first dvd of it and they're like oh yeah my friend says this is good i guess we can watch it they're like oh that wasn't so bad let's watch another episode oh man it's left and then soon they're like they've like quit their jobs like they (laughs) haven't gone out of the house (laughs) it's pretty great that is pretty great but um yeah it's a pretty funny show it won a peabody award in 2011 that's true it is getting some recognition yeah. They they have all of these weird like guest guest stars and and people like yes. that just 
well-known people as either themselves or characters throughout. Yeah, Steve Buscemi's on there. Uh, Jeff Goldblum. Oh, yeah, he is on there. Yep. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, a bunch. There's right. a lot of them. There's a long list. I'm not going to read it. Nope. All right. Well, good job, Kyle. Yay. That's nice a good game. You both did very, very well. Much better than I thought you would, actually. That was awesome. Um, uh, you can find us at uh, wskbcast.blogspot.com. We are on Twitter at wskbcast. Uh, Facebook.com. Search for uh, We Should Know Better. Uh, and we're also on Tumblr at um, wskbcast.com. Tumblr.com? Yes. I like how I almost messed up the Tumblr part of that instead of the WSKB cast. Yep. That's, That's fine. A, it has variety. Yeah. Uh, so you can find us all over the place. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, which would be awesome. Please leave um, a, re- a review. Yeah. The more times you, the more you subscribe, the more people that will <laughs> listen and the more fake internet money we'll make. Yep. We don't actually make any money, not even fake internet money. Oh, I, I make cat gifs. I mean, I get I get those sent to me. Is that that's true? <laughs> dog and just, cat gifs. There's that. That's that's. We all must do our part to get to keep the internet running for the gifts. <laughs> they're they're riches in in the in themselves. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, is there anything else going on? Uh, Carrie Brownstein is the name of the woman on Portlandia. Yes, yes. That's that's her name, and she's brilliant. So, she's. Yes. Real, I, I've always liked seeing her. I feel terribly for not immediately mentioning her as soon as we got to the page. Yeah. But I'm really glad we didn't. I didn't remember like tonight at midnight. Like, oh, another weird thing they do in Portlandia is a lot of times they'll they'll switch genders. Like they'll dress up as like she'll be the dude and he'll be the the woman. It's, it's amazing. Yes. And for some reason, it just seems more natural that way. <laughs> oh yeah, it totally works. Yeah. Well, well, you guys have a good week. <laughs> you too. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Thank Hit record and it's recording my voice. It's recording my voice. And if I Skype, if I test call, what does it do? Hello. Welcome to Skype call testing service. Sweet. After the beep. Please record a message. Mm. Afterwards, your message will be played back to you. Fantastic.